Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you want to conclude our studies on the subject of success. We've been studying on the subject of success. My objective for this teaching is to bring everyone in the church to the point where you should be able to say with all conviction, you should be able to predict your own future. You should be able to look at your life where you are now and be able to say in the next 10 years, in the next 15 years, this is where I want my life to be. Hallelujah. Um, that, is my, that was my objective for this teaching. So that at, at, as we conclude this teaching, you, if you have followed our set studies all through the, the various um, lessons, by now you should know that success is predictable so that your future is not something you can just throw away to chance to say, well, maybe I'll make it, maybe I'll not make it, uh, or we can even say, well, if I'm lucky, I'll make it. If I'm not lucky, then uh, I don't know. You know, there are certain things that are not very predictable. Yeah, lottery, for example, is not predictable. When I say it's not predictable, it means you can't tell whether you win if you play lotto. Can you say, I'm going to win on Saturday? Can you say that? No. You just say, well, I hope I'll win. Why? Because it's, it is subject to chance. It's a game of chance. But success is not an issue of chance. Success is an outcome of specific activities. So in this life, um, the law of sowing and reaping is so relevant to the subject of success that you can tell. A farmer will not tell you that, you know, I'm farming this year, but I don't know what I'm going to harvest. A farmer will never talk like that. Every good farmer can tell you what he's going to harvest. Why? Because he knows what seed he sowed. A farmer knows that he has sowed corn. He will never tell you he's going to reap rice. He will, he will tell you he's going to reap corn. And he's not looking for any miracle to make him reap rice. Any miracle that the farmer who has sown corn is expecting. If a farmer sows corn, the miracle he's expecting is that the corn should bring him plenty harvest. But he cannot say he believes God is a miracle worker. And so even though he has sown corn, some, by some miracle, he wants to reap tomatoes. All right. So in the study of success, one simple thing you have to come to terms with is that success is predictable, just as failure is. In other words, 
if you know a lot on this subject, you can be able to look at people and predict their future. You can be able to look at certain people and say, this one will not succeed because of the things he's doing. You can be able to look at somebody else and say, this one will succeed because you can see by the things he's doing, if life really operates by sowing and reaping, by action and reaction, by inputs and outputs, then you should be able to look at your life and say, well, God's word is true. How many of you believe God's word is true? Good. Okay. That is why his word gives us principles that are eternal. That means they are timeless. God's principles are not subject to time. Hello? God's principles are eternal. They are also universal. Universal means it works everywhere. It doesn't matter whether you are in the North Pole or you are in a village. God's principles work everywhere. Why? Because the word of God, which is the foundation of principle, the word of God does not change. Another thing our principle is that it does not respect of persons. It doesn't matter who you are. God's word is God's word. God's word works for everybody and anybody, anywhere, anytime. So if you build your life with this mindset, then you can be able to say that for all that I have learned, if I decide to put them into practice in my life, then I know that 10 years to come, I have to see a change. 20 years to come, I have to see myself at this level. You should be able to predict that with all conviction and certainty. So that if you become a failure in life, you don't have to blame anybody. You don't have to blame anybody. If you don't do well in life, you'd have to know that it wasn't anybody's fault. It was your own fault. It's, it's very important as we conclude this subject for you to understand that God wants you to be successful. I want you to turn to somebody and tell him that important statement I just made. God wants you to be successful. Say one more time. Why does God want you to be successful? Because he created you in his image. That is the first reason. The second reason is that you are his child. How many of you believe you are God's child here? If you give your life to Jesus and you become born again, the Bible says that once you give your life to Jesus, you have become a child of God. Now, all of you are parents. I know how much you desire that your children should do well. Am I right? They should do very well. In school, in life, they should do well. Is that the case? Why? Because when your children do well, it's your pride, isn't it? How do you feel when your children get first in school? <laughs> How many of you want your children to get first? Nobody should beat them every time, top of the class. Let me see. Hmm. All right. You see how excited you are raising your hand? That's exactly how God thinks about you. God wants all his children to be a top. So this is what he said in Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28, we'll read from verse 9. Verse 9, he said, The Lord shall... Establish you as holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. 
Then all people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. You are hot. Called by what? The Bible says that you are called by the name of God because you are a child of God. You sign God's name. Hello? Just like your your children sign your name in school and you want them to be excellent in class. You are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. 11. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens will give the rain of your land in his season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. 13. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only, and you shall not be beneath. If you heed what? The commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. The Lord will make you what? The what? The head, and not? And you shall be? You shall be where? And not? All right. Amen. The Lord will make you the head. Why? Why will God want to make you the head and not the tail? Why does God want you to be above and not beneath? Because you are called by his name. You sign his name. So when you fail, you bring shame to God. You bring shame to God. You, your failure is a disgrace to God. So God doesn't have any pleasure in you failing. He wants you successful in whatever you are doing. In your career, in everything that you're doing... His desire is that you should what? Be successful. His desire is that you should be successful. So when you become, when you, the more successful you, you become, the, the, the more you excite God. The more God becomes happier with you. The more he becomes happier with you, the more he wants to bless you. Because you are lifting up his name. Whether in your family, you are lifting up God's name. You know that when you are successful, people in your family... They glorify God. You know that. Because they know you are serving God. But when things are not going well, in your family, people look at you and they don't give honor to God. You know that? Yeah. Yeah. So when you are called by his name, God's desire is that you should not fail. Another reason why, uh, uh, let me explain this one even a little deeper. A little deeper. Now, if you are used to buying equipment, especially, especially electronic equipment and all that, you will realize that every manufacturer has the desire to make sure that the equipment they manufacture, they function very, very well. Hello? For instance, I'm holding a microphone that is made by a company called Sure. Sure microphones are very good. So if somebody's holding a microphone, it tells you it's sure, what comes to your mind? You just know this is a good microphone. Do you know how they got to do that? They made sure they manufactured very many good microphones consistently for many, many years, and they made a name for themselves. Now, the more they make sure their microphones are working well, the more their company image grows. Are you understanding me? The more people patronize 
their equipment, the more people, the more they're able to keep themselves in business. Because if people don't patronize your goods, the business is going to run down. So they make sure they manufacture the equipment to function well. But even that one, when they manufacture these microphones, they still put in the, in the package a manual. They call it operating manual that you should read and know very well how to operate this microphone so that it will function well. And the things that when you do will make the microphone to spoil earlier. Then they also have something they call a warranty. Warranty means that for a specific period of time, maybe in a space of one year, if the microphone gets faulty, you can send it back and they'll change it for you for free. Why? They just want to assure you that they have manufactured this thing to work well. So when God created you in his image, God knows that if you come on earth and all you did was live a life that is nothing to write home about, where would the thoughts go? It will go to God because he made you. He created you. He is your manufacturer. He said, let us make a man in our image. So God's desire that you should be successful is so that he will protect his reputation. David had this understanding in Psalm 23. Uh, I want to read a scripture to you in Psalm 23. Psalm 23, verse 3. Psalm 23, verse 3. He said, he restored my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Why? Hmm, for his name's sake. Now, you can see this statement in many places in the Bible. For his name's sake. For his name's sake. I'll give you an assignment. Go try and look for You'll see it many places in the Bible. And it always has to do with God's goodness to the, for his children. So, God has ensured that he created you to succeed. Everything that it takes to be successful is inbuilt within you. If you decide to engage the principles of God into your life with commitment, consistency, and determination, there is no way your life will end up a failure. It's not possible. If you decide to engage the principles of God in every area of your life, whether it's in your business, in your career, in your finances, in your marriage, in every area of your life, you are bound to succeed. Because God has no desire that you should fail. He wants you to be successful. And your success does not depend on anything external. Your success is inbuilt. You know, when a baby is born, if you carry in your... How many of you have carried a, a one-day-old baby in your hands before? Let me see. That baby looks so small and very fragile and very helpless, isn't it? But built within that baby is everything it takes to be an adult. You know that? All that baby needs is time. That one-day-old baby you carry in your hand cannot walk, but just a matter of time. 
Nobody teach him how to walk. He will walk. At the right time, he will walk. At the right time, he will crawl. At the right time, he will walk. At the right time, he will run. At the right time, he will start thinking properly. At the right time, he will start talking. And one day, he, he will just realize, I'm old enough to move out of my parents' house and be on my own. So, success does not depend on external factors as it depends on internal, inbuilt capacity that God himself has built in between every human being. That means that your success does not depend on which family you are born into. It doesn't depend on where your hometown is. Your success has nothing to do with your tribe. Your success has nothing to do with whether you have money today or whether you don't have money. It, doesn't, it has nothing to do with where you are living now. It has nothing to do with what you are wearing now. The success depends on what you decide to do with the time you have now. What you decide to do with the time you have now. So that in the next 10 years, what you do with your time now is what is going to determine what you become. And the right things to do with your time that will bring you success in the future is what we have studied so far. Making sure you develop the right attitudes Making sure you engage the right principles in your life so that we can all play from an even platform. We can say that we all have equal opportunity. There is no excuses in, the, in success. There are no excuses like my parents didn't take good care of me. My parents didn't send me to school. Uh, you know, my parents were not rich. All those excuses... Don't hold anything. Because let me tell you, I have seen very, I've seen people whose parents are very rich, but who are on their, on the way to failure. And surely they will fail by the way they are living. So it has nothing to do with who your parents are. It has to do with you. What you are doing with your life. For his name's sake, God wants his children to be successful. So they can lift up his name on high. So that they can, they can make him proud. They can make him happy. So that he can brag about them. So there is no way you can set yourself in a committed way to success. And God will not help you. No, it's not possible. Right. In the first place, the first time the word success was used in the Bible, it was God himself who mentioned that word. God mentioned the word success for the first time in the Bible, God mentioned it himself. When he was talking to Joshua, he said, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, and you shall observe to do all that is written in it. And when you do that, you will make your way prosperous, and you will what? Have Good. So success is something you have. It's an outcome of practice. So from this scripture, we can say that God wants us to pursue success by paying much attention to the principles in his word. We can also say that God gave his word to us so that we will not fail. That means you have to know how to Attach yourself to the, the word of God seriously. 
Because hidden in it are principles that can make you successful right from where you are. And God said to Joshua, success is a product of how you talk. He said, it shall not depart from your mouth. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your heart. From your mouth. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. So when you meet people, the way they talk can tell you whether they are going to be successful or not. The way they talk. The way they talk. If you keep speaking the word of God properly over your life and over your situation consistently, it will make a difference. How you speak about yourself. What do you say about yourself? What do you say about yourself? What you say about yourself is more important than what people are saying about you. If you are more concerned about what people are saying about you, than you are about what you are saying about yourself, you will not be successful. What do you say about yourself? This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. So success is not only about what you say about yourself, but also what, how you think. How you think. The word of God, when you meditate on it day and night, it affects your thinking pattern, your thought patterns. Your, the word of God shapes your attitude properly so that you can develop the right attitudes that enhance principles in your life. You shall meditate on it day and night. How do you think? As a man thinks, so is he. As a man thinks, so is he. As a man thinks, so is he. Then gentlemen, tell him thinking is very important. Meditate on a word day and night affects your thinking, makes you intelligent, makes you wiser makes your brain sharp, makes your brain intelligent. You begin to make wise choices, you know, make wise decisions concerning your life. Meditating on the word make you understand yourself, understand the word of God, understand the ways of God, understand the will of God, and understand the principles of God. And he said, you shall observe to do. That means your actions, the way what you say about yourself, how you think about yourself, and the things you do with your life. I believe that by now, we all understand what is the definition of success. When we say su- successful, we are, not talking about, we are not talking about making money anyhow, whether the means is right or wrong. We are not talking about acquiring a lot of material possessions, even if the means by which you acquired it is wrong. Success is not becoming very popular in very, through very cheap, manipulative ways. Success does not mean pull your neighbor down so that you can rise. Success means discovering God's purpose for your life and fulfilling that purpose. Success means understanding that God did not create you by accident. He has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. So he created you in a unique way. You are very unique. There is nobody else like you. There is no other human being of the 8 billion people on this planet. There's nobody that is exactly like you. People may resemble you. People can imitate you, but nobody is like you. And there will not be another human being like you. He created you unique to fulfill a unique purpose. And God wants you to discover that purpose. And I have taught 
how to discover God's purpose for your life. And discovering God's purpose for your life is not something you do overnight. I want you to get that straight. It's not something you do overnight. It's something you take your time to be able to determine. And so you have to understand that, that as you pray, as you look within you, as you look at your interests, your passion, the things that give you pain, the things that, that give you excitement, the things that drive you, it takes time for you to be able to arrive at this is God's purpose for my life. And God wants you to fulfill that purpose. When we stand before Christ, after your life has come to an end and you stand before Christ, we are going to give accounts of how well we discovered and fulfilled that purpose. And to fulfill God's purpose for your life, to fulfill God's purpose for your life, there is something that you need to do. You must know how to develop the right attitudes. Attitude is so powerful and so important. People who have the wrong attitudes have never become successful. So we've talked about attitude, and then we've talked about principles. Over the last month, one month, we've looked at seven important principles of success. The first one is vision. The second one is knowledge. The third one is wisdom. The fourth one is power relationships. Very, very important. Relationships. The fifth one is personal management. How to organize your life in such a way that your time is not wasted. Today, I want to talk for the next 10 minutes about the importance of divine direction and success. I want to just do it shortly because I have taught on this many times. Now, why is divine direction important to success? Because as children of God, we need God's guidance concerning every major decisions that we make so that we can avoid unnecessary mistakes. Very important. As smart as you are, as wise as you are, you can still make mistakes. Now, there are mistakes you make, you can learn from it, you can recover from it and move on. But there are mistakes you make, it can, it can follow you for a lifetime. So to avoid mistakes that can damage you for life, Direction, God's guidance is so important concerning major decisions of your life. Hallelujah. Now, let's read Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. Proverbs 14, verse 12. It says, what? There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is what? There is a way that seems right. That means that after thinking through, after Thinking and thinking and, you know, bringing all your reasons and sense of proper sense of judgment on the issue, you are very certain that this is the right way. And yet, it could, you could be wrong. You could just be wrong. And when you are wrong, the results you will get for doing the wrong thing will never be success. It will be failure. There is the way that seems right to a man. So, why is divine direction important? God's word teaches us as children of God to seek God's guidance constantly in our personal life issues. Major decisions that we make. Seek God's guidance so that you will not become a laughingstock of consistent, continuous mistakes. You know, there are people you meet, you can't trust them because 
Today they said this, the next time you meet them, they say, oh, it was a mistake. Oh, I'm, I'm doing this business, this is what I'm going to do. The next time you met him, he said, oh, it was a mistake. And after some time, you begin to doubt such people because they are consistent in making mistakes. And you can trace this reason to this. God wants all his children to know how to personally seek him and seek his direction and guidance. So divine direction means developing your relationship with God to the point where God can guide you and direct you personally. Your day-to-day decisions in your major decisions in life. Now, divine direction does not mean don't think. Divine direction doesn't mean you don't think at all. Think. Thinking is important. Wisdom is important. Knowledge is important. But direction is equally important. Hello? You must know how to bring balance between direction and thinking and wisdom and knowledge. In Isaiah 48, 17, this is what God said. He said, that says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit. I teach you to profit. To profit means gain. It means get more, increase. It means you should not lose. I'm the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit. God says, my desire, my thoughts about you is that every time in life, you should be increasing. And he said, I lead you by the way you should go. Verse 18. He said, oh, that you heeded my commandments. Then your peace will have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. God said, oh, I wish you were all following my guidance. Your peace will be like a river. There is no place to find peace than know that you are walking in the perfect will of God. You just have peace. Peace all the time. Now, we need God's direction and guidance in very specific and major areas of our lives. For example, we learn about discovering God's purpose for your life. If you are somebody who can follow God's direction and guidance, it will be difficult for God to even show you his purpose for your life. And the best way to know God's purpose for your life is not to go to people to tell you because they can all mislead you. I used to be in a church when God called me. I went to tell the pastor, I believe God is calling me. And the pastor looked at me and said, well, Hubert, I believe God may call you, but I don't think your ministry is around the pulpit. I mean, I'm talking about a man of God that I really respect, very anointed man of God. I tell you what, he missed it completely. And that is what is happening to many people. Many people have left their destiny in the hands of human beings to guide them. Listen to me. No anointing can change a human being to become God. A human being is a human being. No matter how anointed a man of God is, he is not God. He can miss it. He can make mistakes. So if, you, if all you do live your whole life, major decisions of your life. For example, you can't get married to somebody because a man of God told you that's your husband. That's very dangerous. <laughs> very dangerous. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't do that because what if he made a mistake? He only tell you, oh, well, I'm sorry, it was a mistake. 
That's all. What else can he do? But you are going to live with that mistake for life. So successful people are people who have come to the place of knowing how to understand the mind of God. You know, I can show you many places in the Bible where David made sure he knew exactly what God was saying before he acts. You know, if you look at all the kings of Israel, if you made a study of all the kings of Israel, you will find out that the only king in Bible days, the only king in Israel who never lost any battle was David. He never lost any battle. No, even once. Every battle David went, he won. You know why? Because he went only after God had told him, go and I'll be with you and I'll give you victory. If David wasn't sure, he would never go. So um, in, in very important areas like God's purpose for your life, your placement, relationship, um, major decision like your placement. Let, let me talk about placement. For example, you can know your assignment, but how do you place your assignment? For instance, God tells you, I'm going to make you a millionaire. Somebody say amen to that. How do you become a millionaire? It's another thing altogether. He has to lead you day by day, step by step, pass here, don't pass here. Do this, don't do that. If you miss once, it can affect you. Sometimes you can mark time for long because you've missed God somewhere. That's where placement is important. I have seen many fantastic Potentials, wrongly placed, struggling. Nothing is working. Wrong placement. Let me give you an example with my life. I believe that I'm doing well as a pastor because I found exactly where God wants me to work. I discovered what he wants me to do. I discovered he wants me to be a pastor, not an evangelist, because... I could, have, I could equally have been moving from village to village by now, doing crusades, and I wouldn't be happy the way I am now. It doesn't mean crusade is wrong, but, pl- but my placement may be wrong. Are you understanding? So you have to know how God wants your life to be lived, and that is very important in major decisions of your life. Yeah, major decisions of your life. Major decisions of your life. Divine direction means you don't see people moving in this direction and you also move. Oh, people are doing this. You also want to do it. Oh, God may call you as a businessman, but what business does he want you to do? And how does he want you to do it? Hello? Yeah. The fact that God says you're a businessman does not mean every business you do will prosper for you. No. After some time, you should be able to know what business he wants you to do and how exactly he wants you to go about it. That is placement. Because business is broad. It is very broad. But you have to be able to know exactly where you are most effective. That is direction. If you couldn't find it, you could be struggling for long. Almost all the businessmen that are making it very big, you can tell they excel in one particular thing. Bill Gates became rich because of computers. Donald Trump, real estates. Every one of them. Warren Buffett, investments. So you must know where you excel, what you are best at doing. Yes, you must know whether God wants you to start your own company or work in another company. Because I tell you, if he wants you to start your own, 
you will never prosper working in somebody's own. And if he wants you to work in somebody's own, you will never prosper working on your own. Joseph never worked on his own. He worked for people. And everywhere he worked, he prospered. He prospered. Amen. Joseph worked for people. And everywhere he worked, things became different. Until Pharaoh hired him as the prime minister of the whole land. I guess his salary would have been great. So you must know where your placement is by seeking God's direction, God's guidance. And the best way to be able to mature in in God's direction and God's guidance is to develop a close relationship with God. The closer you are to God, the more you know his ways, the more you understand his thoughts, the more he can guide you. Because there are things God will never tell somebody else to tell you. If you're not ready to hear it by yourself, he will keep it. There are things God will never tell anybody to tell you. All right. The last principle is diligence. The important thing about diligence is that the important thing about diligence is that laziness has never made anybody successful. Diligence is a lifestyle you must live. I have come to realize that the best way to be successful is that be serious about everything you do. Even if you are doing nothing, be very serious about nothing. Oh, I'm serious. You have to be serious-minded people. I have seen people who are not just serious in what they do because they think it's not an important work. You know, I've seen people who are waiting for a big work. Then they will become serious. But if you're not serious with a little one, I don't think you would ever get a big one. That's why many people are stuck. So diligence is a habit you must develop. It's a lifestyle. Whatever you are doing, even if you are just a cleaner, you have to do it with seriousness, with dedication, with commitment. Somebody will see how seriously you are cleaning and hire you for a better job. That is life. I like what Ecclesiastes said. we we'll close with Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10. It says, whatsoever your hand finds to do. What do we do it? Do it with what? All your might. All your strength. If all you have now is to be a cleaner, do it with all your might. That's what the Bible is saying. Do it with dedication, seriousness. The little, I've come to realize that the little things you do is a rehearsal for the big thing. The little things you do are rehearsals for the big thing. If you do the little things casually, the way the big one comes, you'll be casual. So whatever you find yourself doing now, look at Joseph in the prison. Nobody paid him for what he did, but that was his vocation, to help people, put a smile on people's face. So these people said they had a dream. Joseph said, why not? I can help. I can help. Tell me the dream and I'll, help, and I'll interpret. I believe that those were not the only two guys Joseph helped in the prison. I believe he was doing that. And you know what? Not, any, not all of them remembered to be a blessing to his life, but at least one remembered. And that should be enough. Only one person remembered his good works, but that was enough to take him out for a lifetime change. Diligence means you don't work for money. You work for pleasure. <laughs> If money determines how hard you work, you will be poor and you will not be successful. Because most of the things that will take you to the top, they are things you will not be paid doing it. Hello? Please, what I'm saying is probably the most serious thing. If all you do is look for things you will be paid for before you do it, you will not be very successful in life. Because sometimes 
the very thing that will take you far, you may have to do it for no money. And yet, you need to do it so well that it will make a difference in your life. So, diligence is not working for money. If all you do is work for money all your life, you are not a diligent person. In fact, diligence is really tested when there's no pay. That means in this life, a day must come. You must find a work you love so much that even if you, are, if you don't pay it, you enjoy doing it. That is working for pleasure. What are you willing to do without pay? That is your calling. That is where your prosperity is. That is why, you know, in our society now, many people have thrown away their potential because they know if they follow that, they won't get much money. <laughs> yeah, but that is where your wealth is hiding. I remember 1993 when God called me into ministry. I told my elder sister, I want to do the work of God. You know what she told me? She said, pastoral work is hard and there's no money in it. And she was right. In those days, pastoring was not attractive like now. These days, it's easy to say God is calling me because, <laughs> oh yes. Especially if you can say God is calling you as a prophet. In those days when God called me, ministry was sacrifice. There was not much money. You enter, you know you are going there to suffer. The only people God has blessed in the ministry that I know are people who are willing to suffer to do the work and do it well, very well, not charging people for prayer. You won't prosper doing that. You will not prosper doing that. I have never charged anybody for prayer all my life, 18 years of pastoring. I have never dealt with any church member according to his tight record. I have never treated anybody better than another person because of money I get from them. I have never tried to be closer to some members than others because of money. And most part of my 18 years of ministry, I worked without salary. Without salary. I'll tell you what. I don't think I'll ever be poor in my, the rest of my life. I've gone to preach for churches. I mean, Derek will tell you there, are, there is a church that I used to go and preach with Derek in Nungwa. We just preach and we go. And they, they invite me, I'll go again. Because I'm not going to preach because of money. I just go and preach, bless the people, and we go. I, and yet, people can meet me. I've, I remember the first time I went to South Africa, somebody gave me money, more than all the monies I got from the churches put together. Somebody I don't know before I went there. You see, if you are blessed, anywhere you are, that thing will find you. I didn't know this guy. So that you say, oh, I arranged something. Oh. He just came. I said, he just came. May you prosper. I said, may you prosper. In the name of Jesus, may you prosper. May God bless your life. But let's close with this important thing. Diligence is not about working for money. Listen to me. God may lead you to do, to pursue certain vocations. It may not look rich now. It may not look prosperous now. If God is leading you to take up something, a particular career as your lifetime career. Stop looking at the money. Stop looking at what you will get. Just obey God. Follow your passion. What are you excited doing? Yeah. What are you excited doing? Do it with all, this, with all joy and don't expect any reward back from people. That is diligence. So diligence is not about looking for the most highest paying job. 
Even if your heart is not there, you hate the work, but you love the money. You hate the work, you love the money. And so you are there. So your pocket is smiling, but your heart is frowned. Friday, you are excited. Thank God it's Friday. Monday, you are annoyed. Mm. You are going back to a place you hate. So you are reduced to Monday to Friday worker. And that will make you very unsuccessful. Find out all successful people. They work 24-7. Every part of their time, is their work is part of their life. Their work does not end when they leave the office. Their work is part of their life. And that is where your prosperity is. So diligence means working for pleasure. Find what you are excited doing, what you enjoy doing, and develop your, your future around that. Seek God's direction. Let God guide you. Let God lead you. And then do something with your life, and the world will hear about you. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.